bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Fresh, candid, and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the Common Council president and the Common Council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the actual number. Or you can hit us on the talking text line, uh, Twitter, watch us on YouTube, 1017thetruth.com, all of the above. All right? So make sure you check that out. And here we go. Number five. If you haven't heard uh, from CBS 58, a homicide investigation is now underway after a woman was found dead and another hurt inside a home in Sherwood early today. Police responded to East Lake Bluff and North Murray Avenue around 4.30 a.m. Police located two women who were victims of a shooting. One woman was pronounced dead at the scene. The other was taken to a hospital for treatment where she is expected to survive her injuries. Around 5 a.m., Sherwood police say, Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office responded to a call of a man dead inside of a car in Lincoln Park. He died of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Police believe this man is the suspect in the fatal shooting. Police say there is no threat to the public. And if anyone has any additional information, they're urged to contact Shorewood Police at 414-847-2610. Number four. Let me double check that number again. Okay, 2610. So we've heard over the years, and as I'm doing classes, we hear about the police and the tools they use, right? And we hear about less lethal or non-lethal weapons, right? Well, news1.com has a story. An unarmed black man in Alabama is dead after police mistook him for a burglary suspect and used the taser on him 
to lethal proportions while he called for help this past weekend, lawyers say. Jawan Dallas died this past Sunday following an encounter that the police say stemmed from the 36-year-old man attempting to burglarize a motorhome in the city of Mobile. However, citing a witness, attorneys representing the Dallas family say not only was he denied the medical attention he repeatedly requested after being tased, but he also wasn't even remotely involved in the alleged burglary. According to an eyewitness statement, Dallas was in his car 100 yards from the alleged scene on June 2nd when Mobile police responded to a 911 call reporting an alleged burglary at the Plantation Mobile Home Park. Around 9.45 p.m., that's what a press release said that was emailed to News One. And it said in part, startled by police, Dallas exited his vehicle and was immediately tased by police. They said um, Dallas and another man were inside the car when Dallas tried to flee. That's when the police deployed the taser. Um, The taser reportedly didn't affect Dallas, but the eyewitness said that after Dallas was initially tased, he called out for help claimed he was experiencing chest pains and attempted to grab the taser from the officer. And after a brief struggle over the weapon, the officer regained control and again tased the suspect. Lawyers are demanding they release any body cam footage and all that. So it's a rarity that someone dies from being tased. And so we have to be careful and Follow that story to make sure everything is actually (laughs) on the up and up. Number three. This from TMJ4.com. It's been three months since Tony Evers signed a law that allows cities to tow vehicles of repeat reckless drivers. A local police chief says the ordinance comes with a problem. It makes it difficult to enforce. One of the issues being that it allows you to tow a car if they have a previous conviction in which they haven't paid their fine. But there's no readily available way to find that if someone hasn't paid their fine. Chief Mark Ferguson said, Chief Ferguson says if a driver, where's, where's Chief Ferguson from? Like, where is Chief Ferguson from? So the story doesn't say where Chief Ferguson is from. Anybody know where Chief Ferguson is from? I don't know. They just quote Chief Mark Ferguson. I don't know. Um, Chief Ferguson says if a driver has prior traffic convictions, the computer software and patrol vehicles only shows whether those citations are pending or if there's a prior conviction. Finding out if those fines are paid takes an extra step. The only way you find out is if the citation is not satisfied is probably calling that court clerk. Milwaukee Municipal Court has a website where people can type in a driver's name and date of birth to determine whether they have outstanding fines. But several smaller municipalities don't have the same system. And so if it happens to be 2 p.m., you might have some luck. But if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't think there's going to be any court clerks to figure that out. So it didn't make any sense when they said it, but sometimes you know how we get um, you know how we get we, we get kind of weird and we don't really you know anyway number two well this was kind of bizarre and I mean people get in trouble for really dumb things but I'm going to say this 
in total transparency. Some things that happened in the rural Wisconsin area perplex me. Things that are important to other people, they have a right for it to be important to them, but it kind of shows who they are. A Wisconsin man narrowly escaped federal prison time today for hiding his 1969 Dodge Charger General Lee replica from creditors during his bankruptcy case. Bruce Polzinski, 57, of Monaco, was convicted of bankruptcy fraud in March for concealing his quote-unquote Dukes of Hazard replica vehicle as well as the 1979 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. He got three years probation and a $1,000 fine. So we're down here dealing with shootings and homicides and burglaries and cruising and car crashes. And in Manaqua, they're beefing about a car replica. Like that's the deepest thing you got going. Hmm. No wonder it reminds people of West Virginia. Oops. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Number one. Well, last week, Tony Evers, our governor, submitted a request to the state's Joint Committee on Finance to direct unspent federal pandemic relief funds to a program that's helped thousands of child care businesses. The program, Child Care Counts, has directly distributed hmm, more than $630 million in federal pandemic relief funds to 4,956 child care providers. Now, maybe there's something wrong with me. So six, three, zero, 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 zero divided by 4,956 Wisconsin child care providers. On average, this is average. Some got more, some got less. 658,000. Come on now. You got to be kidding me. You've already given that much money and you want to give more? Like, what are they doing with this money? The ongoing several iterations, current programming distributes funds on a monthly basis. For how long? The newly passed 2023-2025 biannual budget did not allocate funds to continuing the program, which is set to end in January 2024. Well, then let's stop. You're getting a monthly check for, I don't know. Was pandemic relief a mistake? I mean, wasn't there a, a, an income level for certain pandemic relief fund money? Yeah, because I think I, I got like, did I get any? I don't think I got any. I'm trying to remember. Hmm. Business-wise, maybe, but personally, I, I don't even remember. That was that was three years ago. If approved, the recently submit the recently submitted request would not extend childcare counts beyond January 2024, but would actually increase the total funding pool for the program's remaining months. Each provider 
would be affected on an individual basis, meaning that not all may see an increase in their monthly funding. DCF Communications Director Gina Page explained. She said the request is threefold. The request acknowledges Department of uh, DCF will allocate unspent federal relief dollars that were distributed under the Child Care and Development Block Grant Program to child care accounts. She then added the Finance Committee approved this last year and that DCF is merely acknowledging its intent to follow through on giving the underspent to child care accounts. And they won't know how much money will be available. Well, you know how much money you have left over. Is it that you don't want to say the number because the number's too big? Well, the request asked that $11 million in American Rescue Planning Act funding that was originally allocated for but not spent on the Wisconsin Shares Child Care Subsidy Program be put towards child care counts. Like at what point, how much money are you going to put in this program? Like it's like he's spending like a drunken sailor. And he's asking that $2 million of unspent ARPA funds slated for previous fiscal year to be used to continue administration of child. Okay, I'm done. How much money do children in Wisconsin actually need? That's a lot of money. And the schools are getting $325 per student for the next 402 years. You know what that tells me? That tells me one thing. This one. I am in the wrong business. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. Sheila said, uh, Dr. Ken, I think the funnier part of that story is about the man in the car is that uh, most likely somebody turned him in because typically they don't dig that deep into a bankruptcy looking for, like, cars. So you know what he did, right? This is in my estimation, my assumption. He probably went out and said, hey, man, <laughs> I thought the bankruptcy and I don't have to pay this and I don't have to pay that. And they left me this and they left me that and I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. And one of his friends found out about it and said, oh, oh, OK. And dropped a dime 
Like, do you drop a dime anymore? Like, how much does a phone call actually cost? Does anybody even? When's the last time you saw a payphone? Some of y'all even know what those are? <laughs> What's a payphone? Like, you show some people a rotary dial phone, they have no idea what that, like, what is that? It's a phone. Which I think are actually cool. I think the more money you make, you should go back to rotary. They can't bother with people. You got to wait for somebody to come on the phone because you can't hit zero. Beep. You can't do none of that. You're just stuck. But I get it. Somebody said, hey, that dude, he's hiding two cars and he's, you know, bragging about it. And so y'all need to come get him. And then somebody dimed him out. And that's that. Talking text line 262364 say, Dr. Ken, can the governor designate some of that money to pay my student loan debt relief? But, you know, that's an interesting question. Out of all the things the governor could have done to help all the people here, why didn't he help pay school loans? Why didn't you take some of that surplus and pay back school loans if it was within your power? Hey, Mr. Voss, you talk about wanting to help people. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, do all this stuff. Don't help anybody. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But my argument has always been elitism is, 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 going to be the terror of this country. The classism is what we have to be careful of. Treating people with dignity and respect who are not in your social class or your economic class says something about you. What are y'all even talking about? What, what y'all what y'all looking at on the phone? What's on the phone? What's on the phone? What's on the phone? What's on the phone? <clears throat> Who's content? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Now you said that one in my ear, or did you see you didn't say that on the air, did you? Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay. <laughs> they are having a very uh, vehemently um, animated conversation about some show from earlier and drama they got to put up with. See, that's why I'm doing stuff. I just take care of my show. I got to bother with that. Hey, I do know with that. 833-212-1017 is the number. I have some ideas, and I want to know um, whether or not you agree with them. I have five. You know, I like five, right? I have five changes, and which one do you believe will be the one that will come to fruition? In other words, it'll happen. So I have five things that I believe that if they occur— and if they happen, we will, um, I think, will be a better country. All right? Granted, my prayer is that I live 90, 90 years, 30 more years to see this. You ready? Number one, and I know people are going to think I'm crazy, we should eliminate jail in 30 years. In 30 years, America shouldn't have no more jails. 
The question is, what will America look like? What will we have to do so that we actually have no more jails? What can we do to eradicate jails in America? No, that doesn't mean kill people, but I'm just saying. That's one of my ideas. Another one. This will sound crazy, but in the times that we're in right now, and hit me on the talk and text line, 8553. My brain just went, 833-212-1017 is the number. I almost gave you the TMJ number. Um, Another idea I have, and if you have any comments on it, give me a call. Make government more efficient and less costly. Counties were designed for horse and buggies. So when you look at the terrain and the places where we divide counties, it makes no sense. So to be more efficient and less costly, we should actually get rid of some counties. We've got 72 counties. We should get rid of a number of counties. You'll make them bigger. You'll have resources for everybody because you'll have more money because all the budgets will be combined. And I think it'll make us more efficient. You've got the city that's got some resources that the county doesn't have and the county has resources that the city doesn't have. And then in other cases, they duplicate it for absolutely no reason. And there's really no reason to duplicate certain things. Number three, privatize the post office. The, I'm tired of taxpayer dollars paying on uh, how many billion. You know what? That's something we have to. Let me check. Um, how much indebtedness is the U.S. post office in? $160 billion goes to the post office. It's $160 billion in debt. $180, let me see. Is that number right? The long-term unfunded liabilities and total debt in fiscal year 2022 totaled $144 billion or about 184% of its fiscal year 2022 revenue. Why are we continuing this thing? Why are we continuing the post office? Privatize it. I can get mail quicker by Amazon than I can by the U.S. Postal Service. Because they deliver on Saturday and Sunday. I pay them, what, $139 a year for Amazon? And I get everything. It's just weird. I don't understand why we do it. When y'all give them my package, can you swing by the post office and get my mail too? I'm just saying. Because if you're going to deliver it, you know, do it that way. Number four, Why are business hours nine to five? Why is the doctor's office open nine to five? Why is it when I want to go to the dentist, 
They're open from 9 to 5. Why is the bank open during a time I'm working and I can't get there? So you can't open up an account. You can't do the. It's weird. Well, bank says you have to come in. You got to sign this. You got to sign that. But I can go to an online bank, open it up, and in five minutes have an entire account with my name, social number, address, everything, routing number, boom, done, and put money in it from sitting at home on a computer. But the bank says I got to get up. If I want to add somebody to the account, I got to come in. Makes no sense. Let's change business hours from one till 8 p.m. One in the afternoon till 8 p.m. That way it's open for everybody. If your hours are nine to five, you still have three hours to do everything you want to do. Post office will still be like, why does the post office close? Or you got to leave work early to go mail something at a place that's rarely open anyway. They open at 8.30, they close at 4.30, 5 o'clock. I just get off work, so I can never go. If I want to go, I got to drive all the way to the post office or all the way downtown to drop something off, knowing this is just weird. Oh, I mailed it. Well, actually, you really didn't because it's going to sit there another day until somebody comes and picks it up. And the only time they pick up mail downtown is at 5 o'clock. Like, who does that? You get all day. So I've watched the thing. Oh, we pick up the mail at 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Three o'clock and five o'clock and seven o'clock. Then they drop seven. Then they drop nine. Now it's down to 5 p.m. So if you mail your mail at the wrong time of the day, it's going to sit there for a day and a half. Two days. You know what happens Monday, right? You better go buy all your stamps because the stamp price is going up Monday. As if that's going to help out the 184% indebtedness we have in the U.S. Post Office. And so I said it. Eliminate jail in the next 30 years. What does that look like? How would you do that? Make government more efficient, less costly by simply combining county governments in Wisconsin. Privatize the post office. Call Amazon. FedEx. UPS. Somebody. Change business hours from 1 till 8 so that people can actually, who work at night, wake up and go. Who work in the afternoon, get up and go. And who work during the day, leave and go. And then finally, let's raise the retirement age to 70. Let's rid America of ageism. And treating people like they're worthless because they're a certain age. Maybe if we do all these five things, America might be a better place. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017 is the number. Any of these tickle your fancy that we need to do, like starting, like, I don't know, right now? More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Hey, there's a little baby out there waving in the window. <laughs> Say hi, baby. <laughs> you know, if you haven't done it, you should come down to 3rd Street Market Hall and hang out and eat some food and bring the family and just kind of take it easy. I love to watch people put all the tables together and then five minutes after they leave, the people that work here come and drag them back to where they're supposed to be. And then five minutes after they leave, a new family comes and puts all the tables back to, why don't they just leave tables together? Call it a day or just have bigger tables. There's only like one high boy table here. So, but that's just me. But since I don't own it, there's not a lot I can say. So there's a um, meeting right now that's going on at Clinton Rose Center about the um, Common Council voting on whether or not they should accept the uh, money for shared revenue. And so Common Council members are there and... Uh, if you want to have a voice and if you want to say some things and let people know, then that's the place to be. So you might want to, if you have an opportunity, go check that out and um, see what's going on. Because I think it's important that we have a voice and speak up when we need to. Always at work said there will net, we will never get rid of, let me, let me get it right. They will never get rid of jail because crime is big business from law enforcement to the Office of Violence Prevention and probation officers. What would happen of all those jobs? Well, first of all, not having law enforcement means money will go to other things in other places. Um, this is public service. It's not a business. And so if you do without, then you just don't have. There's no thing that you have to you we gotta have police well if you don't have crime then you're not gonna have police and so office of violence prevention i I think they moved that into the public health the the health department and i don't really understand why we have that because they've never done their job um efficiently i mean they were on their way getting some things done but you know nice talk and being you know pretty language is one thing but you need some measurable outcomes. And then probation officers, well, that's just it. You're not in jail. It's probation. So, yeah, you would need those. But jail? Eh. But then think about what it is you would have to do to get rid of jail. What are some things that would have to happen in America for you to get rid of jails? Think of the things you would have to be responsible for. Think of the things that if you did it, your penalty might be death and then they just kill you. You know where there's no high crime in Singapore? You know where there's no things like, you know, retail theft and stuff like that? Because they'll cane you. They will publicly take you to the street, bend you over. And cane your behind in front of everybody. 
That's the law. And so I think years ago, some kid went over there and acted a fool and stole something. And they said, yep, you're getting caned. Oh, my God, it's an uproar. It's human rights violation. Uh, No, it's called our law. And if you break the law here, you pay the penalty here. So the way to get rid of jail. I mean, look at what Great Britain does. You got a gun? Yes. Okay. Gun possession. Where's the matrix? Okay, there. Two years. Well, I know, two years. But uh, two years. I'm just waking up an arbitrary number. But I know some of them, if you use a gun in the commission of a crime, they get you like 10 years. It's, it's crazy. But no, you get 10 years, and we'll revisit it like every three or four years, whether or not you can get out. That's it. See you later. Goodbye. Pfft. Crime kind of went down. They still have crime, but they don't have crime the way that Many other places do in many other countries because they hold people accountable, which is something we don't do. And in that instance, I don't think we'll get rid of jails. I'm just saying, I mean, like that was my hope. That was my hope. But think about it. Always at work added that they only care about crime when it comes to their door. Other than that. You are stopping someone from going to work. And that's true. The shooting in Shorewood, the shooting and the driving and all that stuff in Whitefish Bay, Bayside, guess what? Crime's about to change in Milwaukee County. Once crime, and you can't blame the crime on Milwaukee, you can't blame, oh, it's got to come from Milwaukee. No, that's your neighborhood. Then it'll change. Then we'll get a change. Sheila said, sounds like a beautiful thing, but putting it into play, that sounds damn near impossible. But not thinking about how to fix it, only complaining about the issues is not a viable option either, i.e. not voting. Well, remember something. When you actually think about change, when the people rise up, whether they're voters or not, and they are taxpayers, that's a different kind of power, too. So you got power in both things. You got voting in one hand and you have what? The money you pay in tax. Which one is more powerful? I say the money you pay in tax is more powerful because now I have standing in court. You screw up something. I can actually go to court and say, hey, I paid for that and I have a problem with that and I want to sue you because of that. That's a little different. And I know lawyers may disagree. And if I and if I'm wrong, let me know. But at some point, we need to figure out what kind of power we're going to use. I say, you know, being an advocate for equity, I say voting and money, you know, tax paying. When it comes to power, use both. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I am your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I came across a story that I just want to put out there, and you tell me if something's wrong with me. A woman accused of pocketing money her nonprofit organization raised to help military veterans visit Washington, D.C., is ready to make good on the situation, her lawyer said today. Joni Nogay, N-O-G-A-Y, was in court today for an initial appearance during which she formally heard the felony charge against her. She's charged with theft in a business setting between $10,000 and $100,000 a Class G felony. Prosecutors allege Nogay, 60, collected more than, get this, $100,000 in donations intended for Stars and Stripes Honor Flight Program between 2013 and 2023, but routinely deposited the money into her personal accounts. Justice Court Commissioner Grace Flynn found there was enough probable cause to bound the matter over for trial. She ordered a Cudahy woman, the, the Cudahy woman to report Sunday to Milwaukee County Jail to be booked. If she fails to do so, a warrant will be issued for her arrest. When have we ever let somebody who stole that much money over that much time report? Hey, can you come to jail so we can take your photos and prints and send you home? Now, maybe there was an issue. She didn't enter a plea. She didn't speak to media as she left. Her attorney, Daniel Morgan Adams, said his client is dead set on making everyone harmed in this controversy whole. Joni Nogue is has every intention of being a community servant. Uh, and one thing led to another, and she is ready to make good on this situation. So she's in charge of running the We Run, They Fly Milwaukee nonprofit that collects donations to pay for Stars and Stripes honor flights that take veterans to visit military memorials in Washington, D.C. The organization did so through local fundraisers and an annual 5K run in Milwaukee. Now, we all make mistakes. We all mess stuff up. We all do things, right? $100,000 over 10 years Investigators say in a criminal complaint, Noge made five donations to Stars and Stripes during that seven-year period, totaling $19,861. So where's the other 81000 dollars I mean, I'm just saying. Now, we all make mistakes, but that's why you keep track of everything. You write things down. You create things that need to be created so that you can show where things go. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I saw her picture on Channel 12, but I haven't heard about this all over town. I mean, I know how y'all talk about black people when they, oh, my God, 
They were late on a bill. <gasps> oh, my God. Let's put it all over TV. They, uh, elected official is having trouble paying their bills as if no one in America has ever had trouble paying their bills. As if they stand up and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that I've never been late on a bill. So what? That's just weird to me. Different standards for different people. Black people just want equity. Treat everybody the same. Same outcomes for everybody. She could get 10 years in prison and find up to $25,000 for stealing $100,000. For stealing eighty one. And so I think what needs to come out is why did you take it? Was there a financial issue at home? Is there a problem? And and the cool thing about it, all you have to do is tell somebody, hey, I'm having some financial issues and can I get some help? And they would have said, yes, let's come on, let's go do right? I just don't understand that. Maybe, maybe it's the fact that people get so embarrassed. You know, I don't know. Maybe people just get embarrassed and they don't want to ask for help. Or they don't feel like they need help. But I think that's when you have the most power. When you know you need help and you pick up the phone or you call a friend and say, hey, I need some help. It's kind of that simple. Everything comes down to situations and circumstances. And when you recognize it, you change it. Courtney on the talking text line said, let me guess she's white and tons of rich people get to get ready before they have to report to jail. Happens all the time. Privilege at its finest. The caller says she stole thousands that were going to go to a veterans group, not by accident, willfully and knowingly. That's how you get treated. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Tori Lowe show is coming up next. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Thank you to Rhea. Thank you to the Truth team. Thank you to Truth Nation. Thank you to everyone that made it here. Um, I wanted to make a quick statement today. Um, and... I wanted to put it out on the air. I wanted to say to the Dr. Kiana K. Pumphrey family, um, you're in our thoughts and prayers. For those of you that may not have known, she passed away on last week. And today is her wake from 3 to 6 at Northwest Funeral Chapel, and her funeral is tomorrow. She is a She was a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She passed away on June 24th. Um, And it's been quite a shocker for the community. She was very helpful and worked and did great things in the community. So we want to say farewell. Uh, We love you and God bless. Take care. I'm out.